Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the LFC Red Poets podcast. Tonight, we're going to go look back on a momentous season of Liverpool Football Club 50 years ago, when on the 23rd of May, 1973, Liverpool won their first ever European trophy, and that were, that was to complete a league and Europe and UEFA Cup double for the first time in the club's history. I'm joined by Tom Keegan and Pete Warburton as normal. Our special guest tonight is John Green, who went to a lot of the games, both home and away during that season, and also went to Borussia Mönchengladbach for the second leg of the UEFA Cup final. And John will be explaining to us all about how different it was then to, to get the tickets, the travel arrangements, the cost, and little things like that. So we'll get underway, and I'll just say that at the start of that season, Liverpool were basically suffering um, you know, from double dis- well, disappointment at the end of the previous season when you know we were favourites to win the league and then drew our last two games away to Derby County and away to Arsenal and ultimately lost the league to Derby County, who's um, who were on a plane going on holiday to Spain. And you know, all the results went in their favour. And Brian Clough ended up winning, you know, his first league title for Derby County. So for the players to bounce back the way they did, showed what great mentality they had and showed what magnificent manager Shanks was and the great coaching team he had around him. So we'll go to you first on this one, Pete. And, you know, we're, we're going to focus on the European campaign, you know, in the first part of the of this sort of special programme. So can you tell us about the the first the first draw we had in, in the UEFA Cup that season, Pete? Yeah. Um, we'd actually, the, the first game was a home match against Eintracht Frankfurt at Anfield, obviously. And we'd just come off the back of a 4-2 win at Anfield. We'd beaten Wolves 4-2 in the league. So it was the 12th of September. And as I say, it was the first it was the first round, first leg of what was the UEFA Cup, which is obviously now defunct, has become the Europa. So um, I don't know if you want John to embellish the story on that. I've got the goal scorers, but John can certainly cut in. He's, he's, he probably was at the match. I was a bit young to attend on my own, to be honest. So, John, can you take over the baton from this point? You're asking me about going back that far for the goal scorers, but I do remember the 2 0 victory, and we ended up uh, going over to the Eintracht and, and, and drawing 0 0. What I remember about this season was this was my first season. I started going to the away games, both, uh, well, in, in, in England and, and, and eventually abroad. So, yeah, it was, it was a momentous season for me as well as the team. So, it, it was something that sticks in the back of my mind. So, yeah, so Kevin, we did get the goals then, Pete? Yeah, Kevin Keegan got the first goal on 12 minutes. And then Emlyn Hughes got the second with 15 minutes to go. So, so it sounds, you know, on paper, it sounds like a pretty comfortable win, to be honest. Um, and we, we went into the second leg, two goals up. Obviously, away goals counted at this stage or this time in these type of competitions. But we had a good a good two-goal cushion and we, we stopped. Frankfurt getting um, getting anything at our place, and then the second leg was was back in Germany, and that was on the twenty sixth of September. <clears throat> Pardon me. And once again, we'd come off a good win 
we just actually scored 10 goals in the previous two games. We'd beaten Carlisle United in the League Cup replay. And then we followed that up with a 5-0 home win against Sheffield United at Anfield in the first division as it was. <clears throat> and then we travelled on, as I say, the 26th of September to uh, Frankfurt. And we, we played out a goalless draw in that. There's not a great deal to say, but you can imagine it being one of Liverpool's famous European away performances where they, they kill any sort of noise from the home crowd and, and literally kill the game off early. So with that first that first round, um, we came away with a 2-0 aggregate win. Tom, it's quite interesting, isn't it, for, you know, for a lot of the, maybe the younger people who are going to listen to this pod, that back in the day, you know, you, you, didn't, you didn't even see highlights of some of the away games. You used to have to sort of catch up, you know, with possibly having live commentary on local radio or even just score flashes. So what do you remember about sorted do you remember anything about the early rounds of that competition I can, I or, is it, or, or is it a bit bit far back to really stretch I, memory that far i can i can i can vaguely remember the the, the athens game in the next leg less i couldn't i could outside to think back to and we've seen that many games over a period of time you know it, it, your memory's clouded but but I do remember the athens games the reason is that our michael went to the away leg you know that that's that we played in the, in the next leg. So we, when we gone to we we knocked out Frankfurt and then moved on to the to the next leg where we played AK Athens and uh, we beat we beat Athens. It was the twenty fourth of October and um, we we beat we beat them three 0 with goals from Bosmer, Cormac, and Tommy Smith penalty. And I do I do remember that game because. I remember it was one of the, I think one of the early goals of, of Peter Cormach, who I actually loved. He was a he, he was a player that sort of danced into the into the penalty area and put his chance away. He's just a, he's just a, a marvelous player and one of my favorite players at the time. But the the second leg, the second leg was was away to Athens in Athens, and our Mike had gone to it and travelled on you know the the. The over train where they travelled for days on the train, and um, they actually they actually got in a little bit late for that game, you know. But so I do I do remember. But we actually battered them. That was on the seventh of November. We battered them again. So after scoring three in the first leg, we put three against them in the second leg. But they they got one back, which Emlyn scored twice. And one of many goals in the in that competition was by Phil Borsman. He scored quite a few on the run. So in that John, competition. John, just Tom's just touched on there, Phil Borsman. Yeah. What sort of for, again for for some of the maybe the listeners who who never had, weren't lucky enough to see Bowie play. Now I was a I was a somebody who watched Bowie when he first started coming through and playing in the reserves before he moved up to be part of the first-team squad under Shanks. And I thought he was a really exciting player, a very quick player. So what can you tell about tell everybody about Phil Bosmer? Well, Phil, Phil as you said, was an all-action player. Um, he, he, he loved to run at uh, defenders. And I'd say the first away game that I went to that season was Leeds United. And he got the winner at Leeds. And uh, after Larry Lloyd had equalised, I remember that well. And uh, 
Tom's right, he actually did score a few goals in that European uh, adventure that season. And I think we'll talk about one probably uh, not the next round, but the round after that. Yeah, but yeah, and, and Emily News at the time, I think, Tom, he was playing in midfield. I mean, a lot of people might might sort of associate Emily with playing you know, centre-back or left-back. But when we first when we first signed him, he was like a, a midfield player, wasn't he? An all all oh. any midfield player, and he, he used to get his first share of goals. Oh, bless him. I've seen Emlyn score some absolute screamers. Stephen Gerrard was always a player that could smash a ball in from anywhere, but my God, Emlyn could hit a ball. I've seen I've seen him there burst the net against Newcastle once on a volley, you know, like which which he must have hit from about 35, 30 yards, which went in like a bullet. But he scored two in in, in the game, you know, against Athens, and he all of, he was he was the ultimate player, wasn't he? From from that midfield play, he could play at left back, he could play at centre back, he could go into midfield, he give you goals. A tremendous player, absolutely. And as you say, Les, he was he was a goal scorer. He was he wasn't he wasn't what you would say like was a natural goal scorer, but like he the most of the goals he scored, you'd always remembered them. Yeah, that that that's very true. That's on and Pete Emlyn, Emlyn sort of had bundles and bundles of energy, didn't he? You know what yeah. I mean? He was never when he was playing in midfield, especially he was always on the move, wasn't he? And he just oh, never seemed to tired of the Emlyn news. You know, you see some players who put a really good shift in. <clears throat> and after about 70 minutes, they're dead on the feet. And Emlyn was still running around like a three-year-old on 90 minutes. And like Tom says, you remember the goals. I remember that one at Newcastle that he put in the loser's end. And I think to a man, every Newcastle fan behind that goal applauded it. It was such a good hit. I remember him scoring one at Ipswich where, once again, it wasn't a tapping. It was about 30 yards out. And he, another one against Stoke City in the Anfield Road then where he played a 1-2. And I think we ended up beating Stoke 5-1 five, five, or something. It was 5-3, please. Sorry? 5-3 it was that yeah. game. I don't give Stoke anything, mate. 5-1 it was. <laughs> but you, just, you, you do remember his goals and, and obviously any Liverpoolian knows that the goals, you know, the one at Goodison when we, when we beat them at Goodison Park. Um, that was the 80th and the 88th minute. That goes with what you said, Peter, before he kept going till the end. Uh, he? he was. He was a fantastic player. And I'm not too sure. I think I think the Blackpool, he may well have played a fullback. But as you say, Les, Shanks could see something in him that he didn't necessarily think he was just going to be a fullback for the rest of his days. He could see something in Emlyn Hughes. And bear in mind, when he was at Blackpool, he was about 17, I think. He was just a kid. But... You know, as as you say, Shank saw something in him, and and he did fill it. I think I think he, he did he fill in at left back in, in one of the European Cup finals, possibly Bruges or yes. someone. Yes, seventy eight. Yeah, so he was so adaptable. You know, he could play anywhere and everywhere, sort of thing. And and it was his energy that drove the team on most of the time. He was he was just so energetic. You know. Well, he went. Emlyn went to the nineteen seventy World Cup in Mexico, didn't he? As back up left back to Teddy Cooper. Mm-hmm. And he played he played a number of games for England at left back. And you know, he was England's best player. He got man of the match for England in that famous game against Poland in 1973, when Poland knocked England out of the, the World Cup and they beat when they drew one one at Wembley. So yeah, he was an all-action player and he, he could play 
equally as well, couldn't he? And left back, centre back, midfield. And you know, he was a you know, in today's in today's football, he'd be a dream, wouldn't he? Because he could just cover so many different positions. And he's one of the ones who are, are right up there as the best we've ever we've ever had at Liverpool. So moving on after after the Athens game, Pete, who did we who did we who did we meet next? Yeah, so we, we obviously got through Athens pretty comfortably, 6-1 aggregates. And then we were drawn against Dynamo Berlin, who <clears throat> were probably an unknown quantity. I mean, I suppose a lot of people had heard of Frank Bird before Eintracht, even if it was from the Real Madrid final. AEK Athens, I think when Greece weren't sort of known as, as, a, as a, you know, a strong footballing nation, but we went behind what was the Iron Curtain then to Berlin. And the first leg was on the 29th of November. And once again, we, we went out and we did our stuff and we, we got a creditable nil-nil draw. <clears throat> Brought them back to Anfield, 13th of December. Um, and you were talking about Bowie scoring uh, right on, on this run. And once again, Phil Bowers actually opened the scoring in the return like in the first minutes. And Dynamo Berlin actually equalised early on. They got an away goal early on, but uh, Steve Highway and John Toshak added to the scoring. So once again, it, it looks a comfortable win. Toshak scored the second goal after 55 minutes, uh, and there was no threat from Dynamo Berlin after that. So it was pretty comfortable in the end. Do you remember that game, John, with the Bowie goal? Yeah, um, it's very early. People were still coming in, obviously. First minute still coming in after four. But I've got a little, little story I wanted to share with you about Bowie as well. Um, we actually had the coach to Birmingham City and the team coach broke down on the way home. So our coach, which was from the same company, from the agents, actually stopped and we all had to sit three in a row. But one of the lads didn't like Phil Bosman for whatever reason. It just wasn't his favourite. So we all shifted up and left one seat spare as Bowie got on the coach and sat next to him all the way home back to Liverpool. He was not happy with us at all. He really wound him up. I always remember that. So after that, John, was, was Bowie his favourite player after that? No, it wasn't. <laughs> he came from the same town. Let's put it that way. I won't name him. I won't embarrass him. Yeah. But... but uh, he, he did not like, did not like him at all. Yeah, but yes, yeah, so that Tom, so so that seemed to be a comfortable victory that that took us into the the sort of business end of the competition. Really, that that was going to take place after Christmas. So you know, with 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 Toshak and um, you know getting on the score sheets as well. Tosh was, I think, was in his you know in his third season at Liverpool then, and yeah. and was starting to form his. His partnership with Kevin Keegan. Oh my God! He, and what a partnership it was, Les. You know, like at that time, they were as good as anybody, wouldn't they? You know, like when we're looking back at, at partnerships at the at the end, you know, of Sadio and um, and Bobby Keegan and Toshak. You remember the you remember they did the LESP trick. They knew where they were playing. You know, like just just amazing. But wherever wherever Toshak. Put the ball, Keegan found it, didn't he? You know, we, they were so good together. And um, one of one of my favorite goal, one of my favorite goals. Uh, when you think of Toshak coming in, I think it was away at West Ham, 
and like he played the ball across to Kevin Keegan. It was it won the won the best headers. I reckon it would have gone in. I can't remember. I think we won four two, and um, he headed it across. And Keegan was going, you know, like the opposite way, but he'd taken the keeper completely out. Keegan just put it in. I think Keegan got two that day. And um, they were just an amazing partnership, weren't they? Yeah, and I'll throw Stevie Highway in the mix, John. Oh, God. And you had, you had, you had the perfect combination, didn't you? Because Stevie was, Stevie was so quick that, you know, we, he used to... You know, we, we didn't think we'd find somebody to replace Peter Thompson, did we? And then Stevie Highway comes along, uh, you know, from Skemmersdale United and, you know, took the, the then first division by storm. You know, uh, and, you know, he was he was a real superstar, wasn't he? Sort of, you know, during that time. Um, and, you know, he, he sort of, he was a perfect sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Provider. For Keegan and Toshak, wasn't he? John? Yeah, um, he, he was. And, you know, you, you look at the partnerships we've had since then and still reckon the Keegan-Toshak partnership was one of the best that we've ever seen, as some said. They, they had this telepathic understanding, didn't they? And they, they were amazing. I think that game that you just mentioned about West Ham, Tom, that was actually 4-0. Uh, was it 4-0, John? Didn't we play them in the FA Cup as well later on the same season? Mm. I remember the pitch was it was an absolute bog of a pitch. I remember yeah. it, it was a it was a one I didn't know I couldn't my own memory's not as good anymore, John. But um yeah, and I remember them scoring four and I remember Keegan getting two. He just they were just Did you showing the goals on as well on the on the telly for that game as well. Yeah. Just didn't, just, didn't Tosh get a hat trick at Upton Park? Yeah, as well. Yeah, I think I think Tosh got a hat trick because they were just weren't they a formidable partnership, yeah. and you, you know, you you just sort of felt sorry for when, you know, especially back then because European teams, um, Pete, they, they had the reputation, didn't they, back then of not being able to to defend against the old type English centre forward with Tosh. Had. So yeah. you know, he was a valuable weapon, wasn't he? Yeah, especially, especially in Europe because. You know, they never used to play with like big sort of, you know, old type centre backs. So when when they come up against English teams, you know, it used to be a, it used to be a weapon that English teams would use if they had a big target man, so to speak. And Tosh was the ideal foil for us. And it's not like it is for the youngsters today, because if we get drawn against anybody, it doesn't care. I don't care who they are. All the, all the younger ones know them now because they can go on YouTube and see them. We get drawn. Yeah. We get drawn against some of these teams, and we're like, "Well, where did he from? What did he like?" And that takes us like into the next round when they, they got drawn away. Well, drawn again against East European um compo- uh, East European team Dynamo Dresden. Um, once again behind the Iron Curtain, and we all know the tales of of how Shanks and Paisley used to not not trust anyone behind the Iron Curtain, and the you know, they they check the rooms to being bugged and they wouldn't let them eat the local food and everything. But <clears throat> we actually played the first leg against Dynamo Dresden at Anfield. And that was on the seventh of March. And that came that came four days after that derby that John's talking about where Emlyn got two goals in the last ten minutes. So you can imagine the atmosphere that night after beating Everton in the derby and then we're in the fourth round of the UEFA Cup. 
<clears throat> and Brian Hall scored on the 25th minute and our friend Bowie again in the second half, Bill Boersma. And once again, it was very um, important in them days to stop away teams getting goals. So a 2-0 result, <clears throat> pardon me, a 2-0 result was brilliant to take back to Germany in the second leg. And as I say, once again, we did our defensive work and then Kevin Keegan got a second half goal to give us a 3-0 aggregate score. So all of a sudden we find ourselves flying into the semi-finals um, at the expense of Dynamo Dresden. Yeah, I mean, Brian Hall is another player, isn't he? You know, he sometimes get lost on a lot of people of how, how good a player he was because he was known for his work in the community when he finished playing, uh, which is when, you know, a lot of us got to know Brian. And, you know, just the genuine down-to-earth young man. But a, a very, very good footballer who, who I think, one of these players who, whose contribution to the success of Liverpool, you know, the second great team of Liverpool, is often, I think, overlooked. You know, the part he played, you know, he scored in the, the FA Cup semi-final against Everton, which was his first goal, you know, for the club at Old Trafford. He then, he then scored again in another semi-final in the replay against Leicester in 1974 and was, was possibly man of the match in the final. And you know he's a player. He's a player, Tom. That don't you think was very underrated and, and probably you know to a lot of Liverpool supporters of today, you know, is a forgotten man. Yeah, um, I was at that game last when we won two. You know, when we beat Everton at, at Old Trafford, he scored. He scored a cracking goal again. He, very similar. You remember to the bright the um, Muller goal against England when he won three two. It was the similar yeah. similar sort of thing. Ball across the box and he put it away. Brilliant little goal from, from a crack. Yeah, Alan Evans got the first, didn't he? Uh, Evans got the first to bring us back, and then Brian got the winner. But um, do you know what you when you were talking about then um, about about. Um, Brian Hall. He reminded me very much like like Sammy Lee, Sammy like Sammy Lee type player of you know where in the Liverpool side, he 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 done he done the unfancy job less didn't he? You know where we had the, the players who went out and done the what we were talking about before the likes of, of Cormac, the likes of Keegan, likes of, of, of Highway, and you know. We we had them plenty of them players, but we Brian Hall was a player that done you know the the, the carrying and the running and, and and the you know like the knitting in between. I thought he was a cracking little player. Yeah, very similar to Sammy. Yeah, we had we had a few of them at that time, didn't he? It was always like the similar type of player that played down the right hand side. You know, we had yeah. Brian Hall. Then we went to to, to Jimmy Case. You know, yeah. and then Sammy Lee, and then to Craig Johnston. And they were all sort of a very similar type of player down down the right hand side, and they used to give us tremendous balance, didn't they? And they also used to give whoever was playing right back at the time, whether it was you know Chris Lawler or Tommy Smith playing over there or Phil Neal, they always used to give them great protection, you know, and and do the job defensively as well. Especially because back then a lot of teams used to have have wingers, didn't they? So the fullbacks used to need, you know, a fair bit of bit of help to sort of track the winger, but the, the fitness of all those players was exceptional. And Brian Hall 
you know, I think was a, a tremendous player for Liverpool. And, you know, one who, who I enjoyed watching play. And, you know, from time to time, he used to get an important goal. And on that occasion, you know, in the in that round of the competition, the quarterfinals, he got he got another important goal. And, you know, that, that helped take us on to what was then probably the game that probably we'll we'll remember is against Tottenham in the in the semi-finals. Now, Pete, what what date was the what date was the first leg? Because we were drawn at home, weren't we first? Yeah, first leg was at home and that was on the 10th of April. So we'd just come off a defeat in the league, actually, on the Saturday against Birmingham City. Could have been the Birmingham match that Phil Boers was sat next to his mate, I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, we, we, we came off the back of that and it was the 10th of April. So, um, as you said before, Alec Lindsay got the all-important goal. And once again, because Tottenham were the away side, we, we prevented them from chalking anything up. So it was it was a slim, it was a slim win. Um and obviously then we have to go back down to White Hart Lane as it was then, and that was on the 25th of April. Um where Martin Peters actually got two goals for the home side. And when you were talking about Cormac before, Tom, I, I used to think of him as a, a bit like Martin Peters, where he just ghosts into position. Oh. And he reminded me an awful lot of them too. And I actually met Martin Peter very, very briefly at, uh, on the Isle of Wight a few years ago. My lad was in a competition. He was, he was a lovely man, Martin Peter. I only said hello and just a couple of words to him. But anyway, he got, he got two goals for Spurs that night. But luckily for Liverpool, another one we've just been talking about, Steve Highway, got one in between. And that was the all-important away goal for Liverpool when away goals did count. John? Did you yeah. go down to? I mean, let's let's talk about the home leg first. The take you were at Anfield for the home leg. Yeah, like, well, I remember about that. We absolutely battered them, and yeah. it was just a slim victory. And yeah. it, it could have been three or four, and we had such. I think was it Jennings? Yeah, Pat Jennings. Goal, yeah. And and he saved them time and time again. We thought we're never going to score, and then uh, you know Alex Lindsay got the goal. It was a uh, scruffy goal, John. It was a scruffy well. goal. You're right, yeah. Tom. It was a very yeah. scruffy goal. Yeah. Uh, it was like, like the ball was bobbling around the box and Alec Lindsay yeah. came out of nowhere and just left us a bit past, uh, past the keeper. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a tight game because they were the holders at the time, weren't they? They'd won it the year before. Yeah. Yeah, they had. And, and as I say, then we had to go down to, you know, to White Hart Lane, which was never going to be easy. But I think what compounded, and, you know, when it was, you know, when it was looking back to try and refresh my memory on this, you know, Jürgen would have been, would have had steam coming out of his ears when you looked at the schedule. I think Liverpool played played on the Saturday. Then they played Leeds at home on the on the Easter Monday. Then we had to play Tottenham away on the Wednesday in the second leg. Yeah. So Liverpool, when you think back, John, and then we had to play obviously again against Leicester the following Saturday, which yeah. we'll touch on a little bit later. But when you think about that, lads, you just think that Liverpool were quite lucky that they got drawn against Tottenham in that European semi-final. Because, you know, and we'll talk about the final in a minute against Bushy and Gladbach, you know, and how, how sort of difficult the away game was. But had we got to play Bushy and Gladbach on the Wednesday after playing against Leeds on the Monday in, a, in an intense game at Anfield, 
I don't think we'd have had the energy whereas Tottenham were in the same boat, weren't they? Because they'd have to have played on the on the Saturday and then the Monday. Yeah, it was so Easter Monday, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So both clubs would have been in exactly the same the same boat. But yeah, going down, I can remember I can remember sort of listening to that game on the radio with my dad and Antonoff feeling you know, overly confident you know, that Liverpool were, were going to get through on that night with only us having a one-goal lead, especially after you know, when Martin Peter sort of scored and equalised on the, on the night. So did you go down to Tottenham, John? Yeah, we went on the old Asians, coach. Sorry. What was it like? What, how, was, how, how did you get down there? And we we went on the Asians, coach. It was dead easy. Getting, we were in the seats right behind the goal. Um, at the near end where Peter scored both goals because Stevie Iwood's goal was at the far end and we didn't realise it had gone in at first but what I remember from the night as well the Clements had an absolute worldy anything yeah. that said Tottenham threw at him um, you know even at 2-1 and we were going through on the away he was absolutely outstanding there was one save it was going in the top corner just flew across and tipped it over the bar it was absolutely brilliant it was fantastic. Yeah. But, Tom, but, yes. but in that game, you know, that John's saying, and, you know, we already mentioned in the, you know, in the first leg there, how good Pat Jennings was. It just showed at the time, didn't it, of how, how many really top goalkeepers there were in the first division back then. And you were having, that was a game where there was two of the best involved. You know, I mean, Gordon Banks was, was probably the best goalkeeper of that, that generation and possibly the best of all time. But you know, when you when you had a match with Clements and Jennings, you know, in, you know, in, in opposition, you know, it was always going to be you know an exhibition of goalkeeping one way or the other, wasn't it, Tom? Oh, he was a brilliant keeper, wasn't he, Les? He was fantastic with whereas whereas Clem made made everything look easy with you know, like he, he, everyone every save you looked like the ball was going to him because his position was so brilliant. Pat Jennings we used his legs, didn't he? He'd, I've never seen a goalkeeper save as many with his feet and his legs. He was an incredible keeper. But you know, like oh, as you said there, Les, you hit the hit the nail on the head, you know. You, just, I was just thinking while you were you were talking, it was Springett as well, wasn't he? He was a great keeper. Then you had Bonetti, and, and then you know uh, Phil Parks down at uh, West Ham. Every team had a good goalkeeper, didn't he? Yeah. You know they were, and and the pitches as what what John was saying, the pitches were like bogs as well. You know, so that made even the game even harder to try and judge anything. The balls were harder. They're just incredible goalkeepers at that time. But as you said, there's probably two, two of the best, along with Gordon Banks, probably two of the very best, weren't he? Yeah, Pete. Do you remember Pat Jennings? One of, one yeah, of the yeah. things he used to do was he used to come out and catch the ball one-handed, didn't he? He must yeah. have had hands like buckets. Yeah. <laughs> And the other thing I remember about Pat Jennings, we were at Villa years after this. Like, we were at Villa and they had, like, a little scoreboard of Villa and it was, I think it was Grand National Day. And then all of a sudden, the thing came on the ticket, Pat Jennings signs for Everton. And we were all laughing, thinking it was, like, an April Fool, but apparently I think he did sign for Everton because there was doubts. It must have been 84, maybe, when they, when they won the Cup against Watford. Um, he signed for Everton just in case as an emergency keeper. 
but he, he was a fantastic goalkeeper, Pat Jennings. And I remember when he was interviewed, he had a very, very deep voice. He could really deep voice. But I know I know it upset a lot of the when he went, he played for both Arsenal and Tottenham, didn't he? And yeah. it upset the opposition when he moved across North London. But he was a fantastic goalkeeper. But yeah, you'd see him coming out for crosses and he just one-handed, looking out the air like he was picking an apple off a tree. Yeah. I mean, two games that I always remember with Pat Jennings, especially, was the one of the remember in when he when he was at Arsenal and we had the marathon semi-finals. And I think in one of them, the game where where David Fairclough scored and then they equalised. That was Liverpool against Pat Jennings. And he just saved absolutely everything. And then there was another game at Anfield where I think we eventually beat Tottenham 5-2. And Pat Jennings saved two penalties in that game. I think and it was, was a 1-1, Les. I think it was 1-1. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and he saved the two one. penalties, yeah. 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 Did he save and, the one from Tommy Smith? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And Keegan, yeah. the other one, I think, wasn't yeah. it? Hmm. Yeah. But no, he was an absolutely tremendous keeper. So, John, just taking your mind back to to that night at, at Tottenham, just try and give us all that, you know, for us who weren't there, and obviously, you know, there's a lot of, hopefully there's going to be, you know, people listening to this. What was the atmosphere like in the Liverpool end? And what was it like, you know, coming back on the coach, you know, thinking that, you know, Liverpool had reached, you know, another European final, this time in the, you know, in the UEFA Cup. And it was a, you know, and there was a chance of us, you know, getting our, our first sort of European trophy. Well, the, the atmosphere inside the ground is incredible. And there was a huge travel and support in, in, in the terracing. But as I said, we were in the stands right behind the goal and there must have been about 100 of us, but we were leading the singing and the place was rocking when uh, Stevie, Stevie Highway equalised because then obviously they needed uh, an extra, another two goals to go through and uh, the way Clements was playing and, and the way the defence was playing, they, they were keeping them at bay. And you, you're looking at your watch and you're looking at your watch. Are we going to do it? Are we going to do it? I was ticking down 15 to go, 10 to go, 5 to go. And there wasn't any of this malarkey now with uh, having 5, 10, 15 minutes on at the end of the game. That whistle went on the full time. The police just erupted. But even the Tottenham fans were congratulating us. And um, the coach coming back, I think we stopped um, and an off licence. And the coach just bounced all the way back to Liverpool. And the talk was, how are we getting there? Not can we afford it, but how are we going to get to this final? Was the plans already sort of being made on the coach on the way home then, John? Well, luckily enough, Kenny Addison had made inquiries already um, without putting the mockers on, on us getting through in case we did get through. So it was all it was all, uh, all, all planned out, ready for, for if we did get through. And uh, it was like... A, in conjunction with a, a company called Border Travel. But uh, when you're ready to hear about that one, you, you won't believe how much of ticket wise if you wanted the ticket. Okay. So, John, how much, just, just before we move on to, to talk about the final, how much was the ticket for the Tottenham away game, do you remember? About £1.50 in the stands. How much? £1.50. <laughs> and, how much, and how much would you coach? The coach probably about three quid. <laughs> it's it crazy in those. It's crazy in those days. I, I, I remember going to the seventy-one final with my dad, and he paid for uh, 
the train, the football special with the breakfast on the way out and even the meal on the way back, and it was £8. <laughs> it was, it's just ridiculous. You know, you, you tell people these these sorts of stories, oh, go away, it must have been more than it. No, it wasn't, it was £8. I've still got the document that says £8. What the hell? And then, so then we we sort of made the final, and and so we find out then we've got Bruce Munch and Gladbach in the um, you know in the in the final. The first leg's going to be at home. So, had you sort of, had you sort of, but before we sort of go into the details of the cost and everything for the away game, because we'll we'll cover the home game first, and then we'll go into into depth about the away game, but. You know, had you had you already sorted your travel out before before the home game? Well, what we did was on the coach back from Tottenham because Kenny Addison, the late Kenny Addison, had, had organised this thing with uh, this company. He said, "Who wants to go?" And we put our names down right away. You know, yeah. you know, names down, find the money later, sort of thing. You know, <laughs> it was like the the banker granddad. You know, the grandfather was a balloon. He, 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 he sold me out. No, no end of, of matches. To, oh, I want to go this way. I want to go this way match in Europe. Oh, oh well, mm, okay. I'll put it in the book. You can give us a back when you get paid. You know that sort of thing. Because I, I haven't long started working. I started working in uh, in seventy one. So uh, my pay was pretty low, but you know the, the, all the money went on the footy, and I was happy. So hey, you know what? Doesn't matter, does it really? Oh, that that's it. It, you couldn't spend it on anything better, John, could you? No, you couldn't. You're right. And, you know, the memories are there, you know. Yeah, you can't. I see you've got memories that others will, will never have and, and memories that you, no, no matter how much money you've got, you can't buy. So so then we we sort of home to the, and this is this is a story in itself. This. So we're all looking forward to our first, you know, European final at Anfield. I know we, we played in the, Against Dortmund in '66, had me in, in in Scotland, and um, but this was like a two-legged final with the first one at home, and we all we all get up to Anfield on the Wednesday night, and Shanks names his team, and there's no John Toshak in the starting eleven. I remember right, I was in the Anfield Road end that night with my dad, and it was absolutely bucketing down. And we were you there that night, Tom? Yeah, it was, Les. Yeah. It was, so, it was so, absolutely... So, tell was, the story yeah. about what happened. Well, <laughs> do you know what, what happened was, it, the game went on, and, like, we looked lost as it was dancing down with rain, and they looked dead comfortable. And, incredibly, it was cancelled after 27 minutes. I've looked up to how long it actually was. I was thinking, how far did it go? But it was it was like a, it was like a quad it was like a quagmire, wasn't the it? Ball, it was the pools, ball, the ball wouldn't it? roll. The ball, it was pools of water everywhere. It was just horrendous. Yeah. So then, as as you say, um, you get your you got you get your slip and get into the next game and and yeah. away we go. So, so Pete, were you there that night or or were you still sort of? <clears throat> no, I was still there. I was still on the listening listening brief because my dad was a blue. Yeah, and although he, he wasn't bitter about it, he 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 encouraged me to go to the game. But yeah, I was still, you know, night matches were a bit taboo. You're not going over, you know, to, to Anfield at your age as a night game and stuff like that. So, to be honest, all the way through this, I was just on a listening brief, <clears throat> and um, yeah, I, I just remember that the, the game, and it was amazing actually that they got the ground fit enough to play the next night. Because yeah. when you saw when you saw it on the telly. 
It was just like it was like Sefton Park Lake, wasn't it? In the middle, yeah, it was bouncing down. <laughs> so, John, just just I mean, I was I was nine at the time. So obviously, I'd go with my dad. My dad had sort of come in right from work, and off we went to the match. You know, and the game's postponed. And if I remember rightly, what wasn't it stewards who were giving us all vouchers as we left the game so we could get yeah. in? Nice. Yeah, that, that, that was for the yeah. ones on the terrace and we were in the yeah. stands and you just had to produce your stub. And yeah. It was famously called the 10 pence cup final. Yeah, that's mm. like you had to pay, yeah. Because that's like, I always remember my dad, my dad moaning all the way home because of the weather and thinking, bloody hell, he said, I've got to do the same again tomorrow night. And I said, but we're still going to go, aren't we, dad? What do you bloody think, he said. But you know what I mean? Yeah. And he... And, and off, off we went again. Same routine the following night. And he said, I remember him saying on the way to the match, thank God it's not raining. Because, um, because you know, we don't, <laughs> don't want to do it again on the Friday. Because that's what we'd have had to have done. That particular day, you'd have had to play the Friday. You know, and, 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 and just carried on getting moved until the game was played. Because there was no, there was no source like, oh, we'll rearrange you for next week. And you, you think about that now, and you think now how, how sort of far advanced the games have to be arranged. But then, like, you know, they're not worried about the police, yet you've got to turn up again tomorrow night to police this game. And everybody toggled off home, getting soaked in. And then we were all back again the following night. And, and um, Tom Shanks made an important team change, didn't he? Oh, for God, the, yeah. For the second leg, that upset little Bamba. Yeah, and he 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 brought in he brought in Tosh, didn't he? He seemed that they yeah. were weak at the back. A very clever move. I was sixteen in that, in them days, Les. You know, like sixteen, and like in love with football. But like, it, we were cobites at that time. You know, like from where we we we'd escaped out of the boys' pen at, at about <laughs> about eleven, twelve. You, you had to get out of there. And then you you went into the cop, but yeah, Tosh come, Tosh was brought in, and and the rest is history. We absolutely battered them, didn't he? And Toshak was amazing that game. You know, he bullied them completely. And as you said before about the old fashioned centre forward, they couldn't cope with him, could they? Added added to that, you had Larry Lloyd, who was he was he was a big he was a big bruiser, like, and then. Um, Keegan, Kevin Keegan got got the, got the two, and I, and I think Larry got the third. Yeah. We went away, but the most important thing about that Les was 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 Ray Clements's penalty save down the cop yeah. end, which was like, which was incredible. It was just just a brilliant save, and how important, as John will tell us in a minute, did that pens, penalty save turn out to be? But I was reading before Clements actually said that he watched uh, Hankins take the penalty in the semi-final, uh, and he put it to the same part of the goal. And he said, "I just said I'll, I'll go with me, me instinct. I'll go in the same way." And he saved it, and that stopped the away goal. It was a yeah. cracking save. I was just going to say that, John. It wasn't a bad penalty, was it? It was a great. That save. was a great penalty. It was right in the corner. It was right across. Long, Long yeah. stretched arm and pushed it round. Yeah. Oh, he actually Kevin, pushed it out. He didn't push it round the post. He actually pushed it out and, and then cleared away. I think Tommy Smith got to it first. Yeah. Sorry, Kevin Keegan missed a pen that night. 
I don't remember that, John. Yeah. I need it, John. Yeah. No, I don't remember that. It's yeah. Um, when was it? Was it 2-0? Was it he missed the penalty. Well, that was my Their keeper saved it. Their keeper saved it. I remember Clemson's save. Yeah. Were, um, were there many Germans over? Yeah, there was two sitting in front of us in the main stand. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just and uh, they're all moaning because they had to get the flight back and they, they had no way to they couldn't stay the next night for 24 hours me, I remember yeah. my mother and my dad were sitting next to me and going oh, should we put them up in our house <laughs> no no <laughs> get, get oh, on they got on having to you know with the game being called off the night before like if there was many over yeah there was, yeah. There was a few they were dusted around there you know, the, the games in those days, and I go back to the Tottenham game, there wasn't the um, segregation that no, there was uh, no. now. You know, everyone mixed in, and there was little pockets of them everywhere. They weren't a big group. You know, like the San Etienne games, a huge mob of them in 77. It wasn't like that. They were everywhere. They were just everywhere. But that was, just sort of back going back to the game, that was a really top performance from Liverpool that night, though, wasn't it? You know, oh, yeah. When you think about it, the postponement basically helped Liverpool because it enabled Shanks to spot their weakness. And although, you know, Bamba was disappointed that, you know, that he was the one who lost his share for Tosh, you know what I mean? It was ultimately the right decision because, you know, we come out 3-0 three, three winners. And um, what you call it now? It's it's all it's all sorts of bags packed and system go to to Bruce Munch and Gladbach. Now, John, tell us the tell us the stories about the the cost of your trip, how you got there, um, and any any other details that can be that can be published on on a on a podcast. Right, uh, this is twenty eight pound the cost. What was that? What did that? What did that? Twenty eight quid, and that was the the plane from Speak Airport. As it was named at the That's time. Right. 28 quid for the flight. Yeah, <laughs> and that was into Cologne. And then we had the coach pick us up in Cologne and took us into Munching Gladbach. Wow. Was, was that all included? 28 yeah. quid for the 28 quid. That was all included for the coach transfer as well. Must have been Ryan there, that John. Yeah, I know. It's, 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 as I say, the price is it. I've got the thing in front of me with all the itinerary. And we, we left Speak Airport at uh, 2 pm on the day of the game. And uh, we got back at two o'clock the next morning. And oh, uh, it was, they should have had uh, a BAC 111 to go here, but they had to change it. And we went on an old Vickers Viscounts with four pounds. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, not, none of us thought we were going to the Isle of Man on the plane. I'd never flown before. They all met in the coaching horses as soon as the, in Wilton, as soon as the, the pub opened. It's, it's a nursery now on King's Drive. And uh, we all got in there, and after about five pints, we said, we better make our way to the airport now, haven't we? So we were bouncing when we got there, and everyone was in the good spirits. You know, we were 3-0 up. We'll sort these out. We'll get a goal over here. It'll all be over. Bang, bang, bang. Got there. Well, you know, we talked about the weather before for that abandoned game. Well, it was like that over there as well. And we were on an open end. And if you remember at the time, the, the British Army on the Rhine was still stationed all around there and all you could see was squaddies and Liverpoolians who had travelled over the whole end was absolutely and we got absolutely drowned both inside and outside <laughs> um, 
we, we, we had a few German beers, shall we say, um, and it, it, you soon sobered up because you were just absolutely drowned to the skin. And uh, you soon went 2-0 down. That flanker scored one absolute cracker as well. He bent it and it went right the way round and went to the top corner. I think the first goal, wasn't it a mistake by Cali? He lost yes. the ball. Yeah, he lost the ball. And uh, it was like poked in. But the second one was a screamer. It was an absolute buzzer. And they battered us in that first half. Absolutely battered us. And we're standing there going, we're getting soaked. We're not having any fun. We're getting beat, you know, 2 0. And it looks like this is going to be a hiding here. And, you know, we're not going to be coming back with a, with a trophy. But they sorted it out in the second half. And they, they put on the masterclass of defence. But what didn't help was the size of Shanks walking up and down the touchline 10 minutes from the end, just pacing up and down, up and down, up and down like that. And going, well, if he's nervous, how, how, how do we feel, you know? How do the players feel seeing him doing that? But at the end of the, the, the game, there must have been about two or three thousand got on the pitch and they're trying to lift Tommy Smith up and, uh, and uh, Edmund. And uh, it was great. I don't remember too much because they had champagne on the, on the plane coming home and that was all free as well. <laughs> um, so it was, it, was, it was a drinking culture, shall we say. A drinking culture. The, the, the wine bars, pubs and the beer halls of Cologne, Munching um, Gladbach, uh, and also... Good, good old Wooten Village. But, uh, but, but, that was, it was crazy. It was crazy days. And, you know, it, it's such a good memory. So, so basically, John, then you didn't, all you had to do basically then to get your, to get your trip was to, to, to give your name to Kenny Addison after the Tottenham game. Yeah, yeah. He would then, he would then get back to you, probably give him your phone number. He would yeah. then give you a ring and say, right, John, it's going to cost you 28 quid. This yeah. includes, I took your breakfast. Was did, did you stay? I take it it was no hotel. It was just no, like no. We flew straight back. We, we flew yeah. back. As we say it was something like uh, quarter twelve at night. We flew back from uh, Cologne yeah. Airport. So that was twenty eight quid day return, including yeah. coach transfer. Yeah. And how much was the ticket? Do you remember? The ticket was about two marks, I think, as it was. At the time. Wow, <laughs> love it, old job. Two it marks. Was, I still got the ticket stop. Upstairs with my photos, it's it's all good times, Les. You know, you look at these and you think, did I really do that? And, you know, yeah. It, it makes, makes going to finals nowadays a doddle. Because, yeah. you know, that that's why I was asking, because you just give your name to Kenny Addison. Yeah. He rings you up with the price. You don't have to worry about getting your tickets because no. it's 28 quid plus your tickets. That's all sorted for you. You know, no panic. No queuing up for tickets, no asking for spares, you know what I mean? Or yeah. or anything like that. I you mean, what they used to do, they used to look at who went to the away games on, on, on the on the development office coach through the season and we'd been to them all. So we got first first shouts who wanted to have a go with it. But yeah. uh, no, it was it was, a, it was a good trip, it was a fun, fun filled trip, you know, and at the end it was great watching them lift the first European trophy. Did you actually get on the pitch, John, or were you? Were no, you I couldn't made? get on the I was too small to find the values. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I, was a, I was a good boy in those days. I, the, only, the only time I've ever been on the pitch was 1976 at Wolves. At Wolves. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. the only time I've ever gone on the pitch. That's, a, that's, a, that's, another, that's another podcast there entirely. Oh. The Wolves oh. 76. 
Yeah, we'll have to yeah. do that over, oh. you know, over the year, over the next sort of few years or something. But but yeah, it sounds like it sounds like an amazing tip. I mean, I can remember, and again, for those for those people who are you know listening to this, who probably maybe weren't even born when when that game was taking place, it wasn't live on telly. You know, no, it wasn't. The highlights, I believe. Yeah, yeah, highlights on on the BBC, I think. And I can remember where I was that night. I was in the Unity Boys Club with Gary Skiner. And we were, we, we had, we, I was playing for the Unity in a five-a-side competition. And they had the radio on in the, in the Unity. And I was, I was playing for the Unity. We come off our game and I walked back in after playing. And Gary Skiner says to me, hey, Les, we're 2-0 down. That can't be, we haven't badly kicked off. Because it was we were two 0 down after not very long, weren't we? Oh, that's right. We were two 0 down that day early in the game. Yeah, and and like and then it was a case of you no, know, you said Shanks was walking up and down. Look, you know, with ten minutes ago, we were walking around the unity after we finished playing our game, and the clock just never seemed to be moving. Yeah, and and Liverpool just, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've seen a, a few highlights of the game, but. You know, Liverpool just never seemed to look like scoring that night. And what do you remember of it, Tom? Do you, do I, just, we... I remember watching it, uh, uh, you know, after... It, it was on about half nine, wasn't it? The highlights come yeah. on, like, on night. Sport, What was it? Sports night. Sports night with Coleman. Sports night with Coleman. <laughs> and he showed you the game. Or he showed you... Yeah. I think about he showed you about 35 minutes in the game. Yeah. I think that was, and we'd listen to it on the radio, though. You know, like you were listening yeah. to it on the radio. And again, like what, what John had said, you know, like we were we were getting battered, weren't we? And it's all the way through the game. And they, you just thought, could we hang on? I, I didn't ever, I didn't see Shankly pacing up and down, John. Thank God I never saw that. Oh, <laughs> that would have been a sight and a half. Because if he's pacing up and down, you think, oh, Things must have been bad, like, but yeah, I don't I just remember. I just remember listening to it. I think me and my dad used to station ourselves in the kitchen for these games. And as I say, my dad was a blue, but in fairness to him, he always wanted Liverpool. If Everton didn't win, he wanted Liverpool. He wasn't like that, you know. And we'd station ourselves in the kitchen. And I'm not too sure. I'm sure it must have been Radio Merseyside, and it may have been Bob Azadia. Remember Bob Azadia? Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm not too sure. But even even now, if you can't watch a game, and, and you can probably watch most games live now, the way things are with tellies and stuff and channel, but it sounds so so bad on the radio. Yes. As soon as, you know, that that, that would have been the rain, Peter. I'll <laughs> <laughs> so, tell you what, John, it wasn't. Every time the commentators the voice, they got over the halfway line. I know. Yeah. And they'd say, you know. We had a big flag and like a big banner and that. We had it over us in the end to try and keep the rain off. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 it was like red tape. Tape was falling off it, you know. The radio was great to listen to, though, wasn't it? You know what? Oh, like, right. I think at that period, the, like, the radio, I think we were listening to it on City, I think, Peter. Yeah. I don't think City. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was around then, John. Yeah, 72. Yeah, City didn't get come up till about 76. I thought, I thought we listened to Keaton's and Elton Wellsby. No, Elton Wellsby no, was 77. Was so it, it, must be, it must have been Merseyside. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Elton Wellsby was 77. I think it would have been Merseyside with the radio two commentators yeah. back then. So would it have been maybe someone like Brian Butler? It, 
I remember, but you remember sitting there listening to it. I was listening to it with Sue's dad, because like me and Susan were together then. We were only kids, but like, remember sitting in there in their house with them, listening to the game, because he was a mad red. But yeah. um, I remember my dad, my dad sort of saying, um, I don't want to, I can't listen to it on the radio site. And he knew I was going to Unity, so I wouldn't be in. And he, he sort of sat in the house listening to his music with his headphones on and just didn't want to know the score until it actually come on the telly. But he said he could tell by my face as soon as um, as soon as the uh, you know, I'd, I'd come in from the unity that, that Liverpool had won. So he, he, he said, although I didn't tell him the score, he knew. Um, so yeah, that it was a it was a memorable night, and that that obviously you know completed. You know, I think I'm right in saying our first ever double. I don't think yeah. we'd won a double before, had we? You know, a lot of people take it for granted now that we win. We win multiple trophies in a year, but you know, then that was the first time we'd ever done a double, <laughs> and it was the it was the you know Shanks's team against Leicester City. I'd won the league for the. Yo, for the first time with his new team. Now, Pete, you've done again. You've done a little bit of research on that. And when I did mine, and, and you can tell, you can tell me if I'm, I'm wrong or not. It was a three-horse race that season between Liverpool, Arsenal, and Leeds. Yeah, and yeah. Arsenal come to Anfield just so we don't go through the whole season. Arsenal come to Anfield in February and beat us two nil um, at home and. Yeah. It was Alan Ball's, first, Alan Ball's first game for Arsenal against Liverpool since he'd gone there forever. And then he scored a penalty. And then John Radford scored to, to give them yeah. a 2-0 victory. And then Liverpool, Liverpool sort of were behind Arsenal in the title race then. But we went we went on a little bit of run after that peak, didn't we? And, and sort of, yeah. I think we drew one and, 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 uh, and won five on the bounce to put us in control of the... Yeah, we drew at Man City the next game away. And then we, we won about six, seven, eight, including the Europeans. We won about seven on the bounce. Uh, but I yeah. think the game that really, if it didn't actually seal it, the league for us, because we actually did that at home to Leicester, we beat Leeds United at Anfield at the end of April. Yeah. And um, I think that was the game because that put Leeds out of the equation. Then. Yeah. But and I think, it, sorry, I go on. Think- I think, Peter, uh, we had to beat Leeds that day because going into that game, Arsenal had two games in hand on us. And right. if we had to beat Leeds, then Arsenal would have been able to overtake us if they'd have won the two games in hand. As it's yeah. in, I think, on the, on the Easter Monday, Arsenal drew 2-2 with Southampton. Right. And, then, um, and so when we beat Leeds, because our goal, it was goal average then and not... Um, and not goal difference. Yeah, the other superior goal average. By the end of the season, we had a goal average of one point seven one. What you used to do was divide your goal scored against with the goals against, and that gave you the the, the average. Uh, Arsenal were down at they finished on one point three three and Leeds one point five eight goal average. <clears throat> but as I say, I think by beating Leeds. That afternoon, I think it was. It might have been an Easter game. I'm not. It was sure. Easter Monday. Easter it was Monday, Easter Monday. Yeah. yeah, it was Easter so Monday. It was two nil. Yeah, um, yeah. And Cormac then, and Keegan. Yeah, yeah. late on as well, Tom. Keegan was late on. 
Keegan's Keegan was like, wasn't he? I think he, I think Cormac had scored in the, in, the, in the middle of the game, and we were winning one nil. And like, and they were they were coming back. They had a good side at that time. At that yeah. time, Les, didn't he? Yeah. Well, they come back, but Keegan time. put it away. Put the put the winner away, and that was it. We yeah. won yeah. two. We two nil. And then and I'm the thing about the Leicester game. Um, <laughs> is, I mean, is he just go back to the uh, to the Leeds game a minute. I mean, I think and John will, and Tom might be able to back me up on this if if they were sort of in the in the cop. But I was in the Annie Road end and we were queuing up for half past ten in the morning to get oh. into the, into the Leeds game because nothing then there was only ever the stands that were ticketed back then, so mm. you had to queue up. And like, and my mum actually went to the game with us. There was me, my dad, and my mum. And we were all in the Annie Road end. And when we got in, even though we'd been queuing up until, um, you know, since about half past ten, we, my dad couldn't get to the spec where he used to, where he used to sit, like on one of the one of the walls and one of the exits to, to go out. And and he used to stand at the side and hold me. So we ended up right at the back at the Anfield Road end, um, and I was stood on the wall at the at the very back, so I could see. But it was unbelievable. I found that at the time, you know, one of the one of the greatest atmospheres. I don't think it I'd ever heard noise like that. It was to yeah. me it was a much better atmosphere than against um against Bruce Munching Gladbach in the in the final for me because there was massive rivalry between Liverpool and Leeds, wasn't yeah. there? We wanted to win that game badly, didn't we? I, I think yeah. Yeah, I think they were at that time. They were it was Revy, wasn't he? And he had so much respect for each other, Shanks and Revy. But um, and they did. I think what what year did he knock us out? To the he knocked us out. Yeah, seventy seventy one. that's it was Billy Bremner down the corner. Yeah, it was nil nil at Leeds, and he scored a header down the cop end. You know, like I was bent over the bar that game, job. But I, I remember at the at the time, so you you were a bit nervous about playing Leeds because they were a, they were a tidy side, but we were right up for it. I remember I remember Cormac scoring the first goal, and and then Keegan when Keegan I think Cormac scored down the Annie Road end if I'm not mistaken. I'm thinking about top end, um, so was Cormac, Which, scored, Cormac scored just after our time. So was it 40 after after I knew it was yeah. someone, but I remember Cormac scoring and um and then and then Keegan put it away later on. I didn't yeah. I thought he was in the first half that piece. No, no, no. Definitely. no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um I had a yeah. look at the Leeds team as well, and you know the all all the names rattle off a lot of them as the Clarks. And... Yeah. But they must have had an injury because there was a guy playing for Leeds, and I, I don't think I've even heard of him to this day. Roy Elam, his name was. Oh, Roy Elam, he signed him from Huddersfield. He was a centre half. Yeah, that didn't he signed his name he at all. He signed him in a double deal with Trevor Cherry. Right. And he, he came from Huddersfield, and he was he was a centre back. So so Jack Charlton must have been injured, possibly, yeah. and Roy Elam played. Mm. Because I don't even remember him, Les. I don't remember, I don't remember, I don't remember, remember him. He used to have those tags on the socks as well with the numbers. Yeah. With yeah. The, the Admiral. With the, yeah. Was it Admiral, John? Admiral, yeah. With yeah. the little tags on the socks. What are the, are the... 
Did he remember I don't know whether it was then or whether it was later on, right? But they used to wind you up, didn't he? Because oh. they used to come out, they used to right. come out, go into the middle of the pitch, line yeah. up, and then wave to everybody. And you used yeah. to feel like killing them, didn't you? Yeah, the horrible side. But like, <laughs> that's your dude, you were the horrible. They were the good side, though, Les. Oh, you know, like. You know, if you think of them, I I often think of you know, like some, like that midfield with with, with Johnny Giles and Premier, the yeah. pair of them. Yeah, I think the yeah. pair of them were all my, my, my youth. Oh my yeah. God, the pair of them were beasts. Yeah, they were <laughs> absolutely beasts. Uh, you no just, bit, I tell oh, you, they was just and, and oh the God, the had. They had uh, Peter Lorimer and Eddie Gray, didn't they, as well? They went up to... to they had steel, but they had some good, good wings, oh, yeah. didn't they? And, yeah. and Norman bites your legs. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, but you he, know what? Like, he did Clark, didn't he? he was a, Mick Jones was the big centre-forward. Centre yeah. Like, Clark was the... Could sniff a, sniff a Clark. He was the one. He was like... He was the but, one who was the he was the always the problem but, like but he was the sneak one he, he, he was because I remember once you were, were playing Liverpool and he went right along the back line and was yeah. kicking every single defender every <laughs> single defenders in the hope someone would turn round and then yeah. about twenty minutes later Tommy Smith gone. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the thing is, yeah, you, you could then, couldn't you? You basically have to yeah. snipe for somebody before the referee send you on what you back then. You know what I mean? Do you know what I'm Tom Smith would scare people. You know, I mean, do you know what I remember one game it was Hutchinson for Coventry, and the two of them were running for a 50 50. And next thing is Hutchinson pulled up as if to see, you know, Tommy Smith coming the other way. Tommy Smith got the ball, got rid of it, and then pointed to the camera and pointed at Hutchinson and just started laughing. You know, there's this coward there, you know, he's a coward. Yeah. Do you know what, Peter? I'm going to change the subject here, Les, just ever so slightly, but but still leads. Do you remember? Did you have you ever seen the footage of Francis Lee and Norman yeah. Unser? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, yeah. It was, that wasn't on bags, was it? Yeah. It wasn't on bags. No, like the two of them punched the hell out of each other from, yeah. from like, well, they the bottom they of the box on. to the other side of the pitch. It carried on. It stopped. He got sent off. And then it started again, didn't it? Just by the top. But that was what football was like in the 70s. If you said that. Well, anybody, anybody who's listening to this who hasn't seen that Norman Hunter and Fanny Lee fight, just put it into YouTube. It's on there. And it is worth spending five minutes just watching it because you, won't, you wouldn't see anything like that nowadays. And that was when that way, and just listen to the commentary, I think, by Bad Davis. It's 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 classic, it's classic 70s football that we all love. But moving on from that, we then go on to, to the Leicester game, Pete, don't we? Which is yeah. on the Saturday after we've had a, a grueling sort of fixture list. And again, it was another one where I think it was 10 o'clock. I had to get to the ground that day because no tickets. It was just a case of queuing up yeah. to get in and, and everybody knew that your point would seal the league title. Um, yeah, it came three days after the second leg at White Hart Lane. So you can imagine, you know, the crowd being up. We, we just made it to a European final. But you, you probably worry how much it might have taken out the lads having to go down yeah. to London midweek and play. 
<clears throat> but um, we saw out a nil-nil draw, and I can't remember much about it, to be honest, if, if there were many chances. The thing that I remember most of all, and if you ever see it once again, if you see it on YouTube and that, Bill Bill Shankly had a bright red shirt right, on. Yeah. I think Keith Weller was very anxious. He wanted to shake the great man's hand and he kept him hanging there. But I don't remember a great deal about the, the chances. I think it was just... I think they hit the post, Peter. I think, no, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what happened in that game because I thought my dad was going to have a heart attack because in that game, my dad, all my dad kept saying from the Monday onwards and he had this thing about Mike Stringfellow because Mike Stringfellow always used to score against Liverpool and always used to knock us out of the cup or the league game. And all he kept saying was, I hope Stringfellow's not playing. I hope Stringfellow's not playing. And he would say that to me every night he'd come in from work with the Echo. And he'd be saying, nothing in here about Stringfellow. They're not mentioning Stringfellow. I hope he's not going to play. Anyway, we get to the game. And, you know, the team gets read out at 10 to 3. And Stringfellow substitute for Leicester. So my dad's saying, I always remember his words because my dad never swore. And he just said, the get is here. The get's on the bench. He hope he doesn't come on. Anyway, Leicester put him on with about 20 minutes to go. And I thought my dad was going to have a blooming heart attack because he was going absolutely bizarre. And he come on and scored. He come on and scored and it was offside. Offside, yeah. Susan went in, my dad says to me, I bloody told you, didn't I? That gets cost us the league. And then he's seen the bloody flag up. And he said, he'll score again. He'll score again. And he, I know, God, he had me a bag of nerves. And my mum's saying to him, Eddie, will you calm down? You're going to have a bloody heart attack here. He just, yeah. just calm down. He said, this get will score. That's all he kept saying. Don't you tell me to calm down. He's saying, this gets going to score in a minute. It's going to cost us the league. And honest to God, and everybody around him was laughing at him. You know, you know in, in a funny way, and these damn fellas are saying, like, hey, mate, you're making us nervous now. Yeah. But, but yet, all Zender ends well in the end. And, and I, you know, the celebrations at the end to say Liverpool winning the old the league for the, for the first time when it was there was something to behold. What do you remember, Tom? I was just, I remember Shanks walking around the ground like the Messiah. Yeah. His red shirt. Took, yeah. his, took his jackets off, walking around, you know, like yeah. in front of the cop. Like the Messiah, didn't someone come out and, and got a meal down in front of him? That was a Wembley, I think, Tom. I don't think it was, you know. I'm sure that was at Anfield. Oh, right. There was two that kneeled down at Wembley, but I think Tom's right. Someone yeah. came out and kneeled down again. But you know, like, there's, there's a lad, there's a lad who, who, who I speak to, John. Who, who keeps sending me? I've I've got it on my phone, you know, on me on his messages every so often. He private messages me. He listens to the podcast, funny enough. So we'd be listening to this, but he sends me a picture of him as as a, as a young lad standing next to Shankly, you know, as he's walking around the ground, and he's photographed yeah. with him, and he says he said he got the picture on the on his wall, and he's like sixty odd now with this mm-hmm. picture. So Les, I'll send you in a minute after I finish the thing. Yeah. But like, just incredible. But that was Shanks, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. The, do you the, know what made it brilliant, Les? Final thing. What made it brilliant about that for us? 
because we he had the 60s side and broke the 60s side up, we thought we didn't really know if we were going to be successful again because we've gone through a period of rebuild, hadn't we, for quite a long time. And like, so for him to come back and to win it, the league and to win the and the cup, it was just it was just a great thing for Shanks at that period because it cemented him as as as, as the a great manager, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're unbelievable memories, aren't they, lads? You know, too. I mean, I was, that was, you know, 71, losing the cup final, 72, losing the league on the, on a Tuesday. You know what I mean? And you, you know, you, you, you left shattered, you know, two seasons in a row. And then going into that, them games against Leeds and Leicester, you didn't want to make it a hat trick. But then that was like the, that was like the start, wasn't it, really, of the, of the, the success between 72-73 and, you know, and 1990. And, you know, what a privilege it was to witness to witness that. Yeah. And, you know, you know, and as, as what is it the banner says? We've seen things that others will never see. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I think that just sums everything up. So on that note, on, you know, the, the year that Liverpool won their first European trophy, and did the first ever double. I'd like to thank Tommy, John, and Pete for for a nostalgic look back of of some great a, a great time fifty years ago. And one thing I'll say, lads, is where have those fifty years gone? Eh? You're blinking, you're blinking. They've gone. So once yeah. again, everybody, thanks to everybody for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this look back at the the 1972-73 season once again. Um, hope you join us next time. Don't buy the sun. You'll never walk alone. And justice for the 97.